Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. TC Live with you on a Saturday evening in Monte Carlo. And if you are joining us for the first time this week, yes, it's raining. But don't adjust your set because of that or because you saw an American in the semis in Monte Carlo. It did happen for the first time in 20 years. May it be a harbinger of things to come this spring. Coming up on our show, Team USA convenes in Delray as they look to sip from the cup for a record 19th time. And they've got two top six stars to do it. Taylor Fritz made a valiant run towards the Monte Carlo final, but it came to an end today. And as Iga Sviantek continues to dominate the WTA rankings, she's now being recognized globally in a way that very few tennis players have. Some of our storylines as we welcome you to Tennis Channel Live on this Saturday, 116th episode of the Monte Carlo Masters has reached the weekend. Andy Roddick is jumping around there in his home office. Hall of Famer Tracy Austin is here with us in the studio. That is really annoying that we got another. It seems like the one guy who wanted to stop was Carlos Bernardos. The two guys wanted to keep going. They did. And Carlos Bernardos, I thought, made a good point. He kept saying, yes, the court is playable because the rain wasn't too hard, but the lines would not dry. So they would dry the lines with the towel, and then the rain would come down. That, that does get slippery. Andy, no fun in one of these situations, especially when you know that if you win, the guy you're going to play in the finals already back in his hotel room watching you suffer. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Yeah, I mean, Rublev told Prakash, he goes, I, I hope they get stop and start for the next five or six hours before tomorrow's <laughs> final. Uh, I appreciated his honesty because most of the time we lie and say, I just hope they can get the match and I'm looking forward to tomorrow. No, he wants them to be on and off about 17 times today. We appreciate the candor, the honesty. One of these days they're going to eliminate the faux apology <laughs> and we'll really have the truth serum flowing. Beautiful. Let's get to the one semi that was completed. Yes, Taylor Fritz, first American since Vince Spadia 20 years ago in the semis in Monty taking on Rublev, and this was a tight match up until their rain delay, Andy. Yeah, and listen, even though it wasn't raining at this point, it's cold, it's windy, it's affecting the product. I think we've seen more breaks in Monte Carlo this week than we saw for the entire month of Indian Wells in Miami, and so uh, it's just a kind of a bit of a slog. You see Taylor Fritz implementing that drop shot for the first time uh, this week, really, in it, it, it has to work because he, he sets the table so well by ripping forehand. So the shot is there most of the time. Uh, his movement was way better. You see Rublev started playing against that movement. So 
taking one ball, letting, uh, trying to make Taylor switch directions on the fly, which is not something uh, we've traditionally been great at as Americans, but Taylor getting out of the corners a little bit better, but there's no defense if someone sticks at two feet from each line up the line, and Andre says, I'm so pumped, I'm going to scream at everyone, but here comes <laughs> the rain again, and it's just brutal, especially when you're in these cold and windy conditions. Warming up again after sitting down is so much tougher than, let's say, going out uh, into Cincinnati where it's like a microwave, right? You're warm again in two minutes because of the heat and humidity, and Taylor... Once they came back from the break, he missed more often than Jason Goodall uh, overpronouncing and rolling bars uh, during a telecast. So he was just missing all over the place. And uh, Rublev, to his credit, Control stayed the course, yourself, came back And Rublev gets the win, Brett Hamer. Oh, my God. Andy has been ruminating during this rain delay. He's come out hot. Uh, so did Rublev after the rain. Taylor Fritz, not so much. Here's Andre's uh, run on clay. He slayed some pretty big customers on the red dirt today. The fifth top 10 win of his career. Taylor had 26 winners against just 46 unforced in this match. He served under 50%. Let's hear from the winner on those tough conditions. Andre. Uh, where do I begin? What a, what a battle it was out there. First, when the conditions are so difficult, it, it's windy, it's cold, what strategy are you trying to employ out there? So, I don't know, just to survive. I mean, I guess when the conditions are cold, then uh, it's more about physical and endurance because it's tougher to hit winner. You need to have really patience because uh, when, when the weather is like this, it's much tougher to hit winner and it, uh, the ball is much, much heavier. It is tough for everybody. He makes his third Masters 1000 final, second in Monte Carlo. He lost to Sitsipas two years ago. Why do you think after the rain delay, because they were on serve 3-2 when they went inside, why do you think uh, Taylor came out a little colder than Rublev? Yeah, did? he came out a little cold, and Taylor had been making some unforced errors. Now, that's difficult to talk about because the clay is so slow. The conditions are slow, so slow. The balls get heavy with that moisture uh, being picked up by the balls. Taylor likes to drive through the ball. And yes, he's playing so much better on the clay. He's lifting more balls out of the corner. And as Andy said, the ball striking out of the corners, the power and the, and the depth. Probably the biggest change for Taylor this, this week, this year, is he's starting to feel more comfortable with his movement. And that's a real positive. But Andre just came out a little cleaner, just a little sharper those last few games of the third set. And Taylor continued to make some, some errors. Yeah, disappointing finish, Andy, for Taylor. But uh, all things considered, you beat Tsitsipas, the two-time defending champion, beat Vavrinka before that. I would think once he gets over the disappointment of today that Taylor would have a lot to be happy about. Yeah, I mean, listen, getting to the semis straight out of the gate, yeah. I made the quarters of Monte Carlo last year, but it didn't look as good as it did this week for Taylor Fritz, and especially uh, having gotten hurt and not really competing much after Monte Carlo last year. This is a real, this is a great start uh, for Taylor uh, to the clay court season. I think one of the things that uh, maybe he didn't adjust to, it's a little bit tougher. It looked pretty, pretty blustery when they came back uh, from that rain delay. Bigger stroke production normally needs normally means you don't want the wind in play. Uh, Rublev, a little bit shorter, a little bit more compact. Felt like he could kind of maybe control the swings a little bit more uh, than Taylor, who kind of has uh, longer longer swings there in the wind. 
Uh, how would you, as an American player, view this time of year? I mean, some Americans are better on clay than others. Taylor has proved himself to be very competent on the surface. Um, but I don't know any American players, men anyway, currently, for whom clay is their favorite surface over hard or grass. What would be your goals this time of year as you move towards Roland Garros and then Wimbledon? Well, listen, I have a lot of respect for, for, for Taylor coming back and getting into the European clay. Ben Shelton, we saw him enter Estoril instead of Houston last year. So I have a lot of respect for the disc generation. Uh, I was a little different because I had all, all, all sights set on, on being primed for Wimbledon. So I used this maybe three, four weeks before the Madrid and Rome's to, uh, to kind of re reset physically and get, get that work in. But uh, credit to them. Taylor's going after it, and he looked great this week. Um, if the conditions aren't super cold, super windy, I thought his ball striking was was amazing. So let's not kind of define his week by the last 25 minutes of tennis that we saw from him today, which were, uh, I, I'm sure they were admittedly sloppy, if you would have asked him. Yeah, I think if Taylor looks back on this week, he'll be disappointed, I think, the rest of the day. But when he talks to Michael Russell, I think he will be very upbeat. The fact that he does feel more comfortable on the surface, the fact that he beat Sitsa that's his first top 10 win uh, ever on a clay court. And the fact that I think he's just becoming more comfortable. We know he plays so well on hard, obviously. He plays so well on grass, did well at Wimbledon last year. I think the conditions were tough for Claylor, Taylor today because it was so slow. But he is lifting the ball. And I think there's something that clicks in people's minds on both clay and grass if you're not comfortable. Halep said that uh, on grass when she won Wimbledon eventually. Mm -hmm. My game does suit this. And, and Taylor said, he said, this gives me reassurance, the Tsitsipas win that I can play on this surface. And, I, and we saw that from Sharapova. It was her movement that kind of came last. Uh, we had to go back and try to find a best-of-three match where Taylor had his serve broken eight times in the same match. We've been looking. We haven't found one so far. Had his serve broken eight times today. That's got to be an anomaly in his career. So uh, we're fresh out of matches that are finished from today. So let's show you the partial that we have from the match that was just rain-delayed. Holgaruna coming off of... I rolled an R, not quite as many rolls as, as Jason, maybe, but still I'm trying. Uh, beat Medvedev, and Tracy today, he got Sinner, and Sinner got off to a hot start. Yeah, Sinner is just such an incredible athlete, and when you look at the slow conditions again, but both these players are such power players. Runa oftentimes will lock the ball up, trying to, to extract a mistake, but they're both looking to be aggressive, and I just felt like Sinner has a little bit more firepower. His... His shots are not diffused on the slower clay today, and he came out rocking. It was a quick first set, 6-1. But Holgaruna, so much credit to this 19-year-old. I mean, the guy just digs his heels in, never shows that he's feeling the adversity, that he's feeling down, he stays positive, and he picks up his game. Got always that feistiness, and, uh, you know, when you win... Masters 1000, like he did in Paris, beating five top ten players. And you just have this underlying confidence as still a teenager. And this is when... For me, I will send you guys back to the locker room. And so he did. Yeah. So they went a little heavier. And that's when the lines start to get slippery and dangerous. They played 56 minutes worth of tennis. They did head inside. We don't see a ridiculously bad radar for the next hour, so hopefully they'll get back on. These are stats in progress. Sinner won 12 out of 14 first serve points in the opening set. Runa just 8 out of 14. You see the rest of them. Not sure what to make of those stats as we're less than an hour into this match. Let me ask you a question about Rublev that we've asked the rest of the gang here during the week. Um, he, he's not in the same conversation, Rublev, as some of the 
up-and-coming stars who are going to win some Grand Slams, at least everybody says they are. Is, should Rublev be in that discussion? Do you see him as a future Grand Slam winner? I see him as, as just kind of the next level. I mean, like Taylor, the match today, Taylor has a bigger serve. Taylor has, a, a I think, a bigger forehand overall. I think Runa's just that huge firepower, that one big shot. I mean, he's got so much power. Um, but just that one massive shot. I think there's others. I think it's also because of who we're seeing from Alcaraz and from Sinner, um, from even Taylor Fritz, from Runa. We're seeing that they have a little bigger ability to win points. What do you think of this match so far, 56 minutes of it, Runa and Sinner, Andy? It, it was interesting. I mean, it, it, Runa was, was all over the map uh, early on. As you, you just kind of flash those statistics, four winners and 12 unforced errors is not the stat line you want, especially when you've made 70% of your first serves. When you're making first serve, and it normally leads to balls shorter on the court, uh, less errors. And, and that's not what we saw, but credit to him. This kid's a, a competitor. He has a, I say this respectfully, a healthy ego. Meaning <laughs> loses the, no, no, but I mean, I mean it in a good way. Yeah. Honestly, he, he loses the first set going away. And then he's right back kind of uh, like a dog chewing on a bone early in the second set and was able to turn it right before he walked off. Listen, that locker room break is going to be a lot better for Holger Runa uh, having kind of established a break in the, in the second set as opposed to kind of getting run out of town in the first. Uh, coming off one of the bigger wins of his career, beating Medvedev, albeit on clay, the surface that uh, Medvedev doesn't like so much. Um, we talk about sometimes being hard to follow up. Was that what that first set was about maybe for Runa? No, I, I think it was a matchup issue. The thing that kind of uh, was screaming at me as I was watching the kind of points come together is Runa's been doing a great job of getting away with this kind of uh, lazy up-the-line ball that still has a little jump to it. So at any point, if he's behind in a matchup uh, and ball comes to his forehand, he has the ability to rip it cross-court, bring the person off. And because you have to respect that and check right, Brett, he's kind of laying this one up high, hmm. uh, away, kind of lazy, getting it out of – get people fishing on the backhand side – but Sinner was hitting the ball so big that he was trying to lay that one off. It was ending up in the middle of the court. Sinner was able to kind of do that half circle C. And we've seen that uh, Sinner light up the radar gun on forehands and triple digits uh, this week. So I think it was more of a matchup adjustment. He wasn't get a, getting away with that get-out-of-jail-free uh, forehand up the line like he has been uh, during the rest of the week. Yeah, that ball where they loop it up, I and mean, that's really a clay court shot. That's a neutralizing shot because on any other surface, on grass, that's going to get pounded. On hard courts, that's going to get pounded. Yeah. On clay, you're out of the corners. Give yourself more time. Loop that ball up. Loop it up deep. And even if they drive through the court, the court's pretty slow. You're going to still stay in the point. And actually, in that second set, he was looping some up to center. Center started to make a couple mistakes when he's up here. And I think that was one of the shots that, that started to bother. All right, we hope we get back to this before too long. The radar suggests that we will. So 6-1 first set for Sinner, 3-love second set for Runa. We'll pick it up there when the rain abates. We'll take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll show a prestigious honor for world number one, Iga Svantec. Plus, Team USA begins pursuit of another Billie Jean King Cup crown. And if you thought having two top tens on the squad would be a good thing, you're right.
Well, we hope there is an actual pot of gold at the end of that rainbow, at the very least a tennis match. Reminding you that tennis.com is the best way to keep up with the clay court season. Check it out for live scores, stats, results, follow the draws, easy access to full match replays and more. Download the app, visit the website to get the full Euro clay experience. Time now for a special Tennis Channel family 20th anniversary message. In hindsight, it's it's easy, but uh, when it first came out, it was kind of a head scratcher. How are they going to fill the, the grid, the programming? Nowadays, that was a no-brainer. I think it's a game changer to be able to show just one niche product, and I love it. I think it's a great platform for the fans to get to know the players that normally will not be on TV. It's a great opportunity for those guys to, to get an audience. I think it's a, it's a storytelling for everybody. And uh, that is something that uh, never happened before. So I think it's opening doors for, for the fan, for the players. Happy birthday, Tennis Channel. Muchos gracias to Nico, who has been on the call for us this week in Monte Carlo and is one of the really good human beings in our sport. And the gang will bring home the Monte Carlo coverage tomorrow. Championship Sunday kicks off on Tennis Channel, 8.30 a.m. Eastern. It'll be one of those two guys on the right currently dealing with the rain delay against that guy, Andre Rublev, on the left. We'll have it for you live. Some more to come on this show, though. Iga Sviantek has passed the one-year mark as the world number one and just received some pretty significant global recognition. We'll tell you about that when TC Live returns in a moment. Back on TC Live and down to Delray Beach from last night for Team USA and it's Billie Jean King Cup qualifier against Austria. Coco Goff leading off for Captain Kathy Rinaldi. Tracy playing at her home courts against Julie Grabber. This is really her home court. She lives about five or ten minutes away. And being the hometown favorite, she used the best of the crowd support and her good serving. Sometimes she was uh, facing a break point, and she was serving extremely well at that moment. Great athleticism to keep these longer mm. points going. But all credit to Grabber in this situation. She's ranked about 78 in the world, so this had to be intimidating coming out, playing against Coco, who played extremely well. Just controlled the baseline, finished some points off at the net, served well when she needed to. In the second set, Grabber did a much better job of mixing it up. Some loops on the forehand, some slices on the backhand. Good court coverage from Coco. She's playing so well in doubles. So a little bit more of a test. Grabber really picked on the Coco Golf forehand, but the backhand is always 100%. Seven aces for Coco as she notches her first ever singles win in Billie Jean King Cup competition. Talked about the home court. One goal, and that was to protect this house. And uh, home court advantage, protect the home. And I'm glad I was able to get my job done day one. And I know Jess is going to do great, and we're going to do great tomorrow. Um, and also, uh, yeah, I used to train at a park called Pompey Park, about <laughs> about probably a two, three minute drive from here. I have the coordinates on my shoe. Um, and it's just really special to play a professional event here, actually. Uh, maybe a little over, maybe like at least 
five plus years ago, I watched the Billy, uh, then it was called Fed Cup, but now it's BJK Cup, uh, tie where Serena and Venus played here. So it's crazy to be on the team now. I was wondering what that was on her shoe. Now I know it's the coordinates of the park right down the street from there. So Jesse Pagula played the second rubber against Sinja Kraus, and Andy, she had no problem. Yeah, she came out of the gates hot. This is what you want in a team competition if you're Jess Pagula and you're such an overwhelming favorite, is to come out and establish the difference in ranking, the difference in level uh, early on. Credit to Krause, though, after getting kind of uh, run out in that first set, uh, really hung in there, fought back down 5-3 in the second, didn't give up, pushed Jess Pagula in the second set. It always felt like there was a, a, a pretty distinct level differential when Jess gets going, her depth, the ability to switch directions. This was a really shrewd play. Approach middle, give no angle, and then put the ball away. All that doubles that her and Coco uh, get in regularly seem to help right there. But just waiting to keep her head down in the U.S. A two-hero with cleaner lines all night. Really good win for Jess Pagula. And I, I promise you, Captain Rinaldi felt real good going to sleep last night. Just 10 unforced errors from Jess, who improves to 3-2 and two for Team USA. And, yes, the crowd was chanting, Let's go Buffalo during the match, which is saying something in Dolphins country. These are some other results from this qualifier weekend. Nine ties around the world. Canada and Belgium not pictured here. They split their first two matches. France gets the wins from Garcia and Cornet. They sweep the Brits. Spain eliminates Mexico in Marbella. The Czechs beat Ukraine. Ukraine was supposed to be the home nation for that one, but they played at a neutral site in Turkey because of the war. So let's circle back to the action in Delray. You and Pam Shriver were calling those matches. Um, man, the atmosphere was great. It was, and there was a 53-minute rain delay, and the crowd stayed. And they came with glitter on their face and stars and red, white, and blue, hats everywhere. They were ready with the spirit, and it was just fantastic because most of these ladies on the team, I think all but one, are from Florida. Um, and, and it's such a, a knowledgeable tennis crew down there in Delray. There's so many tournaments, so many ties down there in Davis Cup and Fed Cup. But, you know, it's, it's so interesting because... Jess Pagula plays so much tennis, and yet she still wants to play this yeah. tie. Played Charleston last week in clay, on clay, and now she comes back to hard court, has to adjust, and then adjust to clay. I'm thinking, at 29, she's a late bloomer, and she's saying, you know what, I'm leading this team too many years. I was watching everyone else play for the United States. Yeah. I want to take that lead on now. We know that now the World Group Finals for both Billie Jean King Cup on the women's side and Davis Cup on the men's side is a common neutral site affair. But the qualifiers are still home and away, Andy. And the atmosphere at moments like this remind us of how great this competition can be, how great it was when all the ties were home and away. Is this a de facto argument to go back to the old system? Because the atmosphere in Delray this weekend has been phenomenal. Well, the, the problem with the system was never the atmosphere in a home and away tie. So we, we, we basically, in, in my opinion, and I'm just one person, but we solved for the wrong problem, right? <laughs> the, the neutral site, to me, takes the, the heartbeat out of the competition uh, a little bit. I was so happy last night watching this and seeing everyone going nuts and seeing the home and away and seeing a fast hardcore being chosen in America because that's what the home team used to be able to do and the away to having to adjust to that. And so all of those things I, I get sad when I watch the current version of these later in the year because it just doesn't have as many of those defining factors. And I had a blast watching it last night to see the buy-in from Coco, from Jess, Tracy mentioned. They have busy, busy schedules, and they're busy trying to win a slam, 
be the top players in the world. They play doubles all the time, but they showed up, gave an enthusiastic crowd a great product, and I wish it was that way more often. Yeah, it would be nice. Let me just ask you about these reverse singles, which are coming up in, in less than 20 minutes. They have a very deep team, uh, Captain Kathy Rinaldi, on the bench. They have Danielle Collins and Katie McNally and Sonia Kennan. Jesse Pagula and Coco Goff have played a lot of tennis singles and doubles this year. I think Jess has played 30 singles matches and 20 doubles matches. Do you, I know you said she wants to play because she sat on the bench for a bunch of years, but do you maybe sub in? For Jess here? We've talked about this the last half hour. You're keep thinking that Jess is going to pull out. I'm thinking that Jess is, wants to clinch this. Okay. I mean, this is a big deal to, to clinch a, a BJK Cup tie. Um, she's playing in her home state. She's a resident there now. She wasn't pushed yesterday. She seems to be just incredible, the energizer bunny. She wants to play singles and doubles on almost every single event that she plays. So I don't think you stop now. It's just one more match. I'm not saying that she wants to pull. I'm just saying that she could if she wanted to. And then, oh, by the way, Andy, if it ever got down to a, a deciding doubles, which they play last in Billie Jean King Cup, you do have Goff Pagula to, to kick save it if necessary. Do you think uh, Jesse and Coco want to play the reverse singles today? Yeah, well, listen, I don't think as if I was if I was a captain, I know we're probably favored uh, against Austria in, in this time. And I know that there are options that would probably work out just fine. My job as a captain is to put the best possible team together mm -hmm. for every mm -hmm. single match. So take all of the other stuff out of it. If they chose to play this and they chose to be part of the team and they're my best options for today, then they are going to walk right out if they're healthy and play <laughs> those matches because that's what you do. You don't assume victory when you haven't crossed the line yet. Fair enough. That's a good way to look at it. Let's get to the social net on this Saturday and start with the world number one, Iga Sviantek, who just made... Time Magazine's list of 100 most influential people in the world, not in sports, Tracy, in the world. That's a, a high honor. It's incredible. I mean, you've got Biden, you've got Elon Musk, just one of six athletes to be on the list. And I think it's so much of what she did on the court last year, becoming number one in the world for the first time, winning 37 matches in a row during the spring. But it's also the effort that she put in in supporting Ukraine. And I think that's probably what pushed her across the line to become one of the top 100. All right, kudos to yeah, you. Yeah, and, and listen, one of, one of the things also, I just want to jump in here, Brett. One of the things that I love seeing is because a lot of people uh, on the women's side of uh, the tour get covered a lot more for a lot less accomplishment than Iga Sviatek. So I am happy that she is getting this crossover exposure because it is well-deserved. She is an uber-professional. She's finding her voice outside of the arena. And so I love seeing this for Iga. All right, uh, we tip the cap to Iga Sviantek for that recognition. Let's uh, show you Holger Una earlier this week. With uh, He's pretty fast to begin with. If he hangs out with Usain Bolt, Andy, he's going to get even faster. <laughs> yeah, I, I still don't like that matchup. I know Usain's not fighting fit anymore. I don't like that matchup for Holger Una. But <laughs> listen, I, I, the, the, the segue is... This kid is an athlete. He looks like he could play halfback. I mean, I'm watching him get out of the corners. Uh, an absolute athlete and game-recognizing game here. Uh, listen, fun for Runa, but I, Runa might have been like eight years old when, when Bolt was in his prime. That's the scary <laughs> thing. That makes me feel a little bit old. But Bolt, Bolt still wins that race 10 out of 10 times. Yeah, it was fun. I like when athletes cross over from other athletes. We saw George Russell from F1 with Djokovic this week. We see Usain Bolt. He's a tennis fan. Nice to see game-recognizing game in moments like this.
We're going to get back to the game at hand in Monte Carlo because hopefully the rain is stopping there. And also they're about to walk in Delray Beach for the reverse singles. And we'll see who plays after all. Sinner getting loose inside. How's the forehand volley for him? Wow, it's looking good. And he's been working on the volley. But look at the split step. People at home can learn about that every single time. You never stop training and learning. Sinner and Runa to resume. Hot shot of the day comes from Team USA and Del Rey last night. Coco Goff, little wand work. Yeah, she's bossing the situation in most points, but this was a good effort from Grabber, and this made her feel good. She's an awfully good athlete. She's got great ability to defend, but a little more offensive with that forehand. Nice to, to spread the work. And nice to give a little highlight to a grabber despite her straight sets loss yesterday. So those guys are coming up at the top of the hour. The players are walking in Monte Carlo to resume after the rain delay. So, Andy, what do you want to see? What are the imperatives and swing thoughts for both guys as Sinner and Runa resume? Runa is just shot placement. He, if he leaves one up, if he tries to get that, uh, that, that ball kind of up and away, he can't leave it hanging in the middle of the court. That was the improvement he made in the second set. The way that the points are kind of uh, adding up, I picked Runa yesterday, and I came out and I watched the way the points were being set up in the first six games, and I said I might have made the wrong call. I actually like the way that the matchup is going for Sinner uh, thus far, so we'll see who, uh, who comes out warm. Yeah, and it's all about just focusing on what you can do now. I mean, because Runa did have the momentum going in, so he needs to continue to play the same way. And for Sinner, he's got to be aggressive but with control. All right, we'll see what happens either way. It's Andre Rublev who awaits in the final. That'll be tomorrow live on Tennis Channel in the afternoon. They're going to get a little chat from Carlos Bernardes and resume the match. Jason Goodall, Chris Eubanks have it for Andy and Tracy and our entire TC Live crew. I'm Brett. The tennis resumes right after this.